I'm picking Bernard Hopkins. I don't think Hopkins is going to knock him out, but I think he's going to give him a 12-round boxing lesson. <laughs> Goodbye. I'm Andrew Schweitzer, and you're listening to the Boxing for Free podcast. Yeah. I was, uh... I was mistaken about my prediction. I'm not ashamed to admit it. Yeah, Kovalev surprised me. Now, you're probably wondering, Oh, Andrew, you know, like, what did you think while you were watching the fight? You know, it it must have been very exciting. Well, I'm going to be honest, and I really hope my boss isn't listening right now. Um... I didn't watch the fight. I was actually uh, following all the... uh, I was following it via Twitter. And probably spent the first 40 minutes of work... Not actually working, but pretending to work. And like constantly just whipping out my cell phone, checking the status of the fight. It was really kind of funny. Um... Well, and what was amazing was that so many people were talking about uh, something from the broadcast that uh, that didn't even happen. It, it wasn't a part of the fight itself. It, it was a part of the commentary analysis before the fight. Uh, l- let's bring up what Roy Jones Jr. was saying before the fight started. Well, first thing is, Kovalev is definitely no Kelly Pavlik. He's not a lead foot like Kelly Pavlik. He's not predictable like Kelly Pavlik, and he does have lead in his punches, but it's a little bit quicker lead than what Kelly Pavlik had. So it will not be the same fight as he saw with Kelly Pavlik. However, John David Jackson does make a little bit of sense. The man is old, therefore you must beat the man's body. He's an old, slick coon. You're never going to hit his head right away. Did you hear that? I mean, obviously you did. If you were on Twitter or you watched the fight, obviously you heard it. Let's just play it one more time. He's an old, slick coon. Look, all I'm going to say is better that Roy Jones Jr. said it instead of Max Kellerman. That's all I'm going to say about that. Okay, so uh, the fight starts... And it looks like it's going at Hopkins' pace when all of a sudden, uh, I think it was within the last minute, Hopkins is kind of leaping forward and uh, Sergey catches him with a hook and like o- almost kind of like on the top of the head and uh, drops him. And one of the first things that I noticed was that Kathy Duva is like leaps out of her seat before anybody else does. Uh, Kathy Duva is Kovalev's promoter at main events. But also... Um, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but the expression on Bernard's face kind of, to me, it was like, whoa, I, I did not expect power like that. And I, I, I don't know what's going on in Bernard's mind. I'm not even going to pretend that I do. But it looked to me like afterwards, he his strategy changed. He thought, okay, I'll let him dominate this part because... He's never been past eight rounds, so if I can get him past there, I might be. He might slow down. He might tire. I have a feeling that Bernard may have thought that uh, he could employ a sort of a uh, rumble in the jumble ah, rumble in the jungle type strategy. Not so much the rope a dope, but once that uh, you get the fighter 
once you get your opponent past a certain point that you can just take over and do your thing. But unfortunately, that wasn't happening. The commentary for this fight was strange because Kellerman, Max Kellerman and Roy Jones seem to be Bernard Hopkins' two cheerleaders. Always like, oh, you, you, you can't discount him. And I was writing on Twitter while I was taking one of my uh, 20 breaks during the first hour of work. How can Hopkins turn it around when he's lost all of the rounds so far? It's impossible. And I'm just judging this based on what everyone else is saying. I mean, I didn't think that there was any way the judges could say, oh no, scored this for Hopkins, because everybody was saying that it was a Kovalev landslide. The only real good moment that it looked like Bernard was having was in the third round when he he threw Kovalev to the ground. And uh, everybody knew immediately, oh, you know, it wasn't a knockdown. Like some, If you were in the audience from a different angle, you might have thought, oh, he knocked him down. And Bernard tried fooling him by raising his arms, but he quickly dropped him like, oh, screw it. This isn't going to fool anybody. Um, yeah. But uh, back to Kellerman and Roy Jones. During the 12th round, uh, okay, I will admit, when I was watching the fight, uh, the day after. During the 12th round, it did look like uh, Kovalev was hurt for a brief second, but uh, if you actually go back and watch that, he regains his composure probably a second and a half later, and then you find out, oh, it wasn't so much that he was hurt, it was just that the feet got tangled, and that's what it was. And Roy Jones kept saying, oh, you know, this is exactly what Bernard wants. He he, he, he wants to catch... Uh, Kovalev with a with a shot and knock him out. Roy Jones should be smart enough to know that that's not going to happen. And you know he's saying, "Oh, Kovalev's fighting stupid. This is exactly what Bernard wants." During the last ten seconds of the fight, he was saying that Kovalev was in deep trouble. I I will play that for you right now. If Hopkins has anything left, he better put it behind one right hand right now. And he do, he will get, he will get Kovalev because Kovalev is in bad trouble. Just walking ahead like that with his hands down. Kovalev hammering Bernard Hopkins from pillar to post. <laughs> As we get to the final bell. Did, did you hear it? I, I don't blame it. There's a lot of noise going on, but I'll play it again. I'm not going to say that Roy Jones is a hack, but he's extremely biased in this fight. I'm sorry. What, at what point ever has Kovalev been in deep trouble? He was having more trouble, trouble in his previous fight when he got dropped in the first round. He got up to win, no duh, but come on, Roy... Ugh. What the hell is your problem? I mean, I get it. You're both old fighters from the 90s and 2000s. And, okay, even today. Although, Roy, you really should have retired 10 years ago. But, come on. Do you have to really lie and try to convince people who you think are dumber than you that Kovalev is in deep trouble? Unless you really believe that, in which case, feel kind of bad for you. So, what is next for 
Sergei Kovalev and Bernard Hopkins after this one-sided loss. Well, it's a one-sided loss for Bernard Hopkins, one-sided victory for Sergei Kovalev. Kovalev, there is a big fight with Adonis Stevenson. That could be made. However, Kathy Duva has said that Adonis Stevenson has become irrelevant at this point. It's not a terribly outrageous statement. Let, let's let's be honest here. Co uh, St Adonis Stevenson's star has uh, diminished in brightness in the past year. He had four fights the previous year, and he only had one uh, this year, the fight against Fonfara, 12-round decision. But, uh, yeah, it, it hasn't been the best year for him. So, uh, there is possibly a fight with Andre Ward, although uh, John David Jackson, Kovalev's trainer, has said that uh, if the fight were to take place with Andre Ward, it would have to be at 175. I sincerely doubt that Andre Ward is listening to this podcast, but if he is, Andre, take the fight! Not that I think you can beat him, not that I think that you're going to get knocked out or lose, I have no idea, but you're not doing anything. Seriously. I mean, sure, you could do your commentary gig on HBO, but no, people, people who are fans of you want to see you fight. And there's nothing for you at 168 pounds. There really isn't. And uh, so what are you going to do? Other than just constantly sue Goose and Tudor Promotions and constantly lose. But, um, yeah, I'm sorry. What else is there? Let's look at Hopkins. What's next for him? Uh, Kovalev suggested that maybe Hopkins should fight Stevenson. But he's also said that maybe he should retire as well and make room for the younger generation. I am more in favor of the latter. A Stevenson-Hopkins fight would... First of all, Hopkins would be 50 years old by that time. And based on how badly he lost against Kovalev... Okay, suppose he wins... Like, suppose the fight does happen. Uh, he wins. Well, what is there for us to believe that a rematch would be any different than the first time around. I mean, I have not heard anybody talking about a rematch, except for... Justin Salvato was crazy enough to, like, say if the money is there for a rematch. The money that is there for a rematch is not enough to buy a stick of gum. There, I said it. There is no money there. and I, I can't believe he was even bringing up rematches considering how pissed he got at the notion of Mayweather versus Maidana too, And that ended up happening. But we were all pissed by the end uh, of that fight. Uh, yeah, honestly, Bernard should just retire. L look at the record. 55 victories, 32 knockouts, 7 losses two draws. He's boxed 506 rounds. I mean... And he's 49 years old! The fact that he has uh, been fighting at the championship level 
for this long is astonishing. Like I said in the previous podcast, what he's done and accomplished in his career will never be done again, no matter how hard they try. I mean, Hopkins really didn't get his career started until uh, 1990. And uh, by that time, he was 25. The fact that he was able to do that is just incredible. He should retire, and maybe, you know what? Maybe he should become a commentator. I would love to see that. Become a commentator. Become a trainer. Oh my gosh, imagine if Bernard Hopkins was training somebody to become a fighter. That would be astonishing. It, it really would. But uh, I, I don't think there is a need for him to fight anymore. I really don't. No doubt he's a Hall of Famer. Anybody who says he's not is uh, incompetent or an imbecile. But either way, they don't know what they're talking about. All the best to Bernard Hopkins. And if he decides to keep fighting, maybe this next one, if he does decide. I mean, Hopkins has said it's 50-50 right now. I mean, it's not like... Uh, like in the corner, you could tell that there was a lot of discouragement. It's not like they were panicked, like, "Oh, you you gotta you gotta knock him out." I mean, you heard I heard uh, Danny Davis's trainer saying, "You know, you gotta you gotta put him down." But Hopkins could have put him down once or twice, and uh, I still don't think he would have won. Well, maybe if he had hurt Kovalev bad. I mean, if, if they were just flash knockdowns, then forget it. No, Kovalev gets up and wins, but no. And what actually surprised me was that a lot of people were afterwards more or less talking about Bernard Hopkins instead of Sergei Kovalev, and he beat him. Uh, I, I didn't understand that. I thought, you know what, we should give this guy a lot of credit. He's beaten Bernard Hopkins in a way that no one ever has or will again. And Hopkins was saying that he was going to beat Kovalev easier, or easier than he did Kelly Pavlik. This was kind of like the anti-Kelly Pavlik fight, if you ask me. But uh, we've, uh, uh, I've given enough attention to this fight. It was a very good fight, very good night for Kovalev. Great night for boxing. Let's move on. Okay, uh, this is something that I noticed yesterday. You know, I mentioned this in the past, but Adonis Stevenson and Jean Pascal really don't seem to like each other. Both from Montreal, both with uh, Haitian backgrounds, but... Yeah, I don't think they're BFFs. Uh, Adonis Stevenson yesterday put out a tweet that says, Jean-Pascal pays for re retweets, favorites, likes, fans, followers, etc. You can fool some people some of the time, but you can't fool all the people all the time. Uh, that's what he put out on uh, Twitter yesterday. Now, a lot of people don't know this, but I've actually got two Twitter accounts. I've got the one that I use for boxing for free, and another one that's uh, ju just my own. It's called Schweitzer Man. I could use a lot of followers. But I've been following Jean Pascal for a few years on the other account. Not once have I seen a dime. And I sent that message to Adonis Stevenson. It's like, hey, uh, I've been following him for years. Like, show me the money. And uh, instantly, Stevenson decides, hey, I'm going to follow this guy. He's funny. Uh, Stevenson was following me in the past on Twitter, and he stopped when I asked him a question about 
uh, fighting Kovalev. Uh, but no, uh, I sent him an interview request, like, hey, you know, can we do an interview? Why not? I'd want to make it fair and, and everything, but uh, I told him, look, this fight should happen because it'd be the biggest fight that could be made in Montreal and in, and in all of Canada. I mean, you're not going to sell a world championship boxing fight in Calgary. Sorry. Uh, unless Pacquiao's fighting, but uh, yeah, I don't get it. it. It just doesn't seem to make sense to me. Uh, there's a lot of pressure on Stevenson now because, like I said, or like Kathy Duva said, he's become irrelevant. I don't agree with that completely, but like I said, I feel his star power has diminished in the past year. And uh, that probably has to do with him signing with Al Heyman. Uh, I've said this before, Heyman's the guy who everybody is going to want to sign with, and then everybody is going to want to sue. Sorry, but that that's just how I feel. Personally, I would like to see the two of them fight, and then... I, I also want to see Stevenson fight Kovalev. And, uh... I mean, why not? Yes, Stevenson is the lineal champion at 175 pounds, but also... I, I'm sorry... Sergey Kovalev is the best 175-pounder out there right now. They have to fight. I can understand Stevenson's position somewhat from for not making it instantly, uh, like like everyone was prompting him last year. But because uh, in a way, you know, let it build like uh, Angelo Dundee did with Leonard Hearns until it becomes too big to ignore. But uh, it it should happen very soon. It should happen in 2015. And it'll be a pity if it doesn't. Moving on. Um, I don't have a lot of material for this podcast, as you might have guessed. Uh, and I apologize for that beforehand. Uh, well, rather, I should have apologized for that beforehand. But um, there's been some uh, medical crisis in my family, so I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to make this. I didn't have a lot of time to prepare and uh, one thing I quickly want to discuss is the Chris Algieri versus Manny Pacquiao fight, which is uh, a few weeks away, November 22nd. Sadly, I will not be able to watch that fight live because of uh, my constantly changing schedules at work, uh, which is the price that I must pay for being competent. Uh, I won't be able to attend. Uh Chances are my folks are still going to go to it just because they love watching Pacquiao fight. But I was watching the 24-7 series. Uh, Chris Algieri seems really upbeat. It, almost to the point where I would find it annoying. But th th that's not the thing that confuses me. Why the hell is this guy 30 years old and still living at, at home? I don't know how big the house is. I mean, he's got his brother and his wife living on one side. His parents live up there. And he lives in a basement. He lives in his parents' basement. Imagine if Floyd Mayweather was fighting a guy who lived in his parents' basement. Imagine the outrage, but I don't know. Like... 
I'm a bit disappointed by by this, and also just a bit weirded that Chris Algieri, this world champion boxer, 30 years old, and yep, living at home. <sighs> Sorry, no, my my parents, if if that if that were my situation, they would say to me, son, you're a 30 year old world championship boxer. What the hell are you doing living at home? Get out! <laughs> Sorry. And I'm going to have to go back and watch the uh, Provodnikov fight with him because Freddie Roach is complaining that, oh, he was running the whole time. And I thought, well, I, I can't remember too much from that fight. I'm going to have to see if he was actually running or not. But Freddie Roach, you know, stop complaining, dude. You say on your Twitter account, a win is a win. Well, guess what? Algeria got that win, or got that win by apparently running. So either way, a win is a win. A loss should be a loss. Don't be like, oh, he only got it because he was running. Just stop talking. Freddie Roach is talking so much trash lately, it's like he's becoming a white Roger Mayweather. I don't like it. But, uh... The 24-7 series, I'm not sure if we're having another episode. I, I think that the folks at HBO finally listened to me and were just like, okay, we're milking these things way too much. We can't get four episodes out of this. I mean, I'll be honest, I was bored through the first episode. It, I don't know, maybe I've just seen too much of this stuff. But either way, uh, yeah... I, I think that this... I'm just so bored thinking about this fight. I mean, Pacquiao, there's no reason why he shouldn't be able to dominate this fight. Algieri does not have a lot of punching power. 20 victories, only 8 knockouts. Pacquiao's got 56 victories and 38 knockouts. This should not be a competitive fight. And I know that Pacquiao's talking about the Mayweather, or getting a fight with Mayweather. If that is going to happen, it won't happen until 2015, like in September, because that's going to be Mayweather's last fight, apparently. And I discussed this on the Billy C. show last week. I said if Floyd is going to fight Pacquiao, that'll be his last fight. Because if if he were to do it in May, his September fight would hardly draw any ratings. People would say, oh, well, you just beat Manny Pacquiao. Like, why should we be worried about this other guy who you're going to choose for your last opponent? It, no, it doesn't make sense business-wise. But, uh, yeah. I, I don't got a lot to say about this fight other than I'm not going to see it. So, yeah, that that's all I got for this podcast. Again, very sorry that I didn't have a lot for you, but I will be back next week. There's going to be the uh, Klitschko uh, title defense. That's this Saturday. And there's going to be other stuff to discuss. So, again, I apologize for this one, but the next one will be better. We hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Boxing for Free podcast. You can find us at www.boxingforfree.com twitter.com slash boxing for free be like Eris Lundy Lara Robert Guerrero Berman Stavern Glenn Johnson and hundreds of others follow us on twitter you won't regret it go to youtube.com slash boxing for free and facebook.com slash boxing for free page 
You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Podbean, and several other podcast directories. If you use iTunes, be sure to give us feedback and a rating to let everyone know that the Boxing for Free podcast is your source for boxing news and commentary. I'm Andrew Schweitzer. Thank you for listening, and we hope you tune in next time. (laughs) Goodbye.